Nearly $10 trillion in assets will be changing hands within the next 10 years, as close to 10 million business owners sell their business to fund their retirement. Planning ahead so that you don't miss a beat is critical, and my next guest, Mr. Todd Granham, will tell you how. She's a respected and trusted business advisor, an Ivy League business expert, best-selling author, and no-nonsense lawyer. She's Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Whether you're an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur working for someone else, I want to give you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Because no one likes getting blindsided by what you don't know but somehow should or getting stuck paying for it later. Think of it as a mini MBA and school of hard knocks wrapped in one and on steroids. This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Brought to you by Business MO, LLC. Mr. Todd Grantham, a wealth management advisor at Northwestern Mutual. Todd has over 20 years of impressive experience in the financial services industry. He's developed a team of specialists who work with business owners such as yourself and professionals to help them plan for and achieve their long-term goals while also protecting those that they love, their families. He's a longtime resident of North Carolina, He's attended the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. He holds a bachelor's degree, but also a master's degree in financial services from American College. He's also been the past president at the state and local level of the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors. And that's why I'm so delighted Todd join us here today and want to welcome him to the show. Welcome, Todd. Thanks, Hannah. Glad to be here. <laughs> you know, this is such a huge, huge topic because so many business owners work like crazy to build these fantastic businesses, and then at some point, they realize that they can't keep going like this. They lose interest, want to start a new venture, or there's health issues of their own or a loved one, or they just want to retire and hit that bucket list. And so succession planning is so important. But tell me more about why it's important. Well, it's it's certainly uh, very very important. Uh, first, you hit earlier on I guess it was the last topic show about from day one having something in there just for something unforeseen, but it's really the most important thing they can do because it makes sure the business is going to pass successfully to its next owner. They can make sure that the employees that they've built and brought into the business over the years are taken care of, or at least are not left out and trying to figure out what to do. It's important that they look at it also to make sure that it's cost-effective and tax-effective. And then finally, and we're seeing this more and more often, is that banks and other suppliers really want to see a succession plan in place so that they have confidence that the business is going to have some stability going forward. So it's just critical that there be a plan in place. It would seem that the business would have more value all the way around, even for the next purchaser or whoever is going to take control. You hit that exactly the right spot. You know, it's one of the things that I run into is if there's not 
a thought process, and um, I kind of like to call it the landing strip of how are we going to reach the sale or transition of that business, they don't focus on how they're going to build the most value. Going through that process of succession planning really forces them to look at the business to see uh, what their role is in it. Is that a role that somebody else could take over? Is it dependent on themselves? And the longer that they have to approach that and the more it's thought out and planned ahead of time, you're exactly right. They can build tremendously larger amounts of value into that business because it is something that somebody else can come in and take over at that point in time. So what are some of the mechanics to be able to make that happen and and be successful? The first thing I would say is realizing that it's a process. A lot of business owners, they're very, very successful. A lot of entrepreneurs are very successful because they're good at getting to the bottom line. You know, what to get, they're presented a problem let me, or, and let me find the opportunity in it and let me move to the solution. Uh, the first step, however, in, with a successful transition of a business is realizing that it is a process and you don't want to rush to the mechanisms or the agreements or the specifics. Um, the first step that we encourage everybody to do is, first of all, figure out what are the goals of, of everyone that's involved, you know, and make sure they're recorded and written down. Too often, you know, especially if it's a family transition, all the focus will be on what are the parents' goals, but not necessarily what's on the children's side. Uh, you'll need to also really focus on what is the need for financial independence after the transition of the business. You mentioned in the intro serial entrepreneurs where it may be that they're wanting to get the most value and move on to another venture, but if they are looking at the sale of this business as retirement, it's critical that part of that process is a detailed personal financial plan to know uh, what are they going to need out of that business in order to be able to retire. Too often I'll see people go through, sell the business, think that they're set and realize a few years later that they're having to go back to work because they didn't get what they needed out of the business. Um, and it can be an emotional process, which is, I think, where people try to push it through a little quicker sometimes because it's, it's just painful to deal with. You know, it's their life's work. It's something they've built, uh, but it's important to look at. And I think the last part I'd throw in there, too, is um, it's important part of that process is to really look in detail at who the successors are going to be. Are they capable? Do they have the abilities to do it? Oftentimes, um, you know, if it's people that have worked with you for a long time, it's easy to be emotional and say, yeah, I think they can do it. But they have to really be open to figuring out the capabilities of those that are going to be running it after they're gone. That's a real tough one. There's not a, a magic wand you can wave because even some big players have had issues. Michael Dell was forced to return after his uh, chief operating officer crashed and burned. And, <laughs> you know, Starbucks had one good transition, but then the second one not so good and the founder came back. So things, things happen, and there's lots of moving parts on different levels. What have been some of the biggest surprises that you've seen people encounter as they, they try to work through this process? I think probably the first and biggest, you know, difficulty or pitfall that I think people will encounter is that they put the process off. You know, they're, they're always caught up in the busyness of running the business and the day-to-day -day and, you know, in any 
small business or privately owned business, you know, there's a, a million things going on every day. And, um, you know, the way I approach it is this is generally going to be on their to-do list. It's going to be item number 10. If they get through nine things today, it'll get moved to tomorrow, but it'll be moved to number 10 again tomorrow. So they put the process off and then are forced to try to do it oftentimes more quickly than they want to, um, you know, whether it's because of health issues, age, uh, or other reasons that they need to, to do it more quickly. Um, within a family, you bring a whole set of uh, different issues in there, um, you know, that you, you can have the concerns about are there multiple s- siblings and some are involved and some aren't involved in the business. Um, really the big difficulty that I don't think a lot of business owners face is the difficulty in truly evaluating um, in a calculated manner the abilities of their own children. Um, it's easy to say, I, I want to pass this on to my kids, but having to face the reality of, do they have the skill set that's needed? Um, maybe there's one does and one doesn't, um, and, and have to put those pieces in there. And then lastly, not really accounting for different scenarios. Uh, they'll assume that they're going to be able to just jump right in on something. Uh, oh, I, I will add the other, really piece. Uh, the other piece that I would add in there that I have experienced tremendously um, with working with clients and also even within my own industry is trying to hang on too long. You know, they, they want to keep control. Uh, they they want to have a succession, but they don't. They're not comfortable with giving up the control. And somewhere along the way, they for it to be successful, they have to give up that control. I can imagine that that's hard because you know, especially if somebody has grown their business from scratch, it's their baby, and and now they're supposed to let go. Um, they <laughs> think they know best, um, and it's hard for them to accept another person's vision for the business. And I can imagine that it creates tremendous, tremendous hard feelings within a family. You know, talk about having a difficult Thanksgiving dinner, right? Um, there was a really cool piece in the, um, in the paper the other day about a family business outside of Washington, D.C., and it's a, it a car dealership, actually. Uh, the daughter of the first marriage was deeply involved and actually, when she wanted to get engaged, like in her early 20s, her father sat her down and said, no, I want you to break off the engagement. We have a business to build. And they did. Over the next almost 30 years, they built that dealership into 22 de- dealerships. Wow. Uh, it says forth about $400 million. Yeah, exactly. And so she put in all this time. She knows the business inside and out. Um, she's the daughter of the first marriage. And about a year or so ago, he decided to turn full control over to the two brothers, even though he promised her one-third. So, you know, that that's not going to be a Thanksgiving dinner I want to go to. Um, <laughs> and it's turned into a lawsuit. You know, people have sure. the most bitter battles are over these types of things. It, it, it's a, it's it's not necessarily part of the succession planning, but you bring up a, you know, w- within estate planning, we run into this that you know we call it the, you want to be equal, but you need to be fair. And you know, I've had a longtime client that there there were five children, uh, three of the boys were involved in the business, the two daughters were not, and they left all all five of them equal shares of the corporation. And fast forward twenty years later. 
the daughters have not seen one dime out of the family oh. business, and and they really don't speak any longer, <laughs> just, um, to speak, you know, at all. And certainly was not what mom and dad had in- intended when they put together the succession of the business. Well, you know, and that ties into what you said earlier about the steps of the process and identifying what the goals are. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's not just the financial ones, but it's the, the impact on the relationships between the parties that's important as well. That's um, it, very interesting. It is. Very interesting. Um, it, 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 I'll throw in, you know, this is kind of one of those aha things that people don't think about. Um, it, it, it becomes particularly important, and this is the same whether it's an internal buyer, meaning you know an employee or a, a child or you know some family member, but it can also happen with an external buyer. Is you mentioned the example of Michael Dell stepping back into the company. Well, a lot of times in the small business market, you will see owner financing being done for the transition of the business. And generally not having put together a firm plan of what they needed personally in order to be able to retire. And you can fast forward five or six years, and if the the next group running the business is done poorly, all of a sudden somebody's seen the income cut off, at, and sometimes at an age that they can't go back and get into the business. Or maybe they've been too remo- removed from it. Uh, what's important mm-hmm. then going back to that process is if we know that there's a certain amount of money that the owner needs out of the business in order to be financially secure, we really want to make sure we go through that process of how can we secure that money, whether it's forcing there to be a certain amount of lending that's done by a bank or being realistic that they have to shop for a buyer that can put some a certain amount of money of cash into it. And again, it's part of that process of it's not just selling the business. It's in order to sell it successfully, the owner's got to be able to move on from life and be secure. So the first step really is making sure that the owner has their nut covered uh, in, in terms of their future needs and then sort of work backwards to say, how do we accomplish that? Does that sound right? Absolutely. And, and it may be that it's not that they're not able to retire outright, but it's better to know that up front than getting a few years into it and realizing, oh, the, um, our assets are, are drawing down faster than we thought they were going to and uh, having to make that hard decision of going back to work in something else. Right, right. Well, you know, you mentioned that it sounds like there's a dilemma because you mentioned that some people wait too long, and actually the majority seem to wait too long because the, the topic, putting it number 10 on their list, it stays at number 10, and it's not like a hit parade. It just never moves up. Um, and, and that it creates this issue. And then if you discover suddenly when, all right, we're going to have the meeting, we're going to sit down with Todd, what do we got to do? Oh, my gosh, we need X dollars. This isn't going to support that. You know, that's, that's not the time you really want to find that out. What, what do you recommend for people? I mean, what's, what's the best practice for establishing a succession plan? When should people start? What steps should they follow? Um, well, the first thing I would say is, is going back, uh, as you mentioned in the intro, even day one, have some sort of succession plan in place just for the unforeseen you know, experiences, you know, death or disability of an owner or uh, somebody just has to step out. 
But if you're looking for a successful transition, we're usually going to encourage starting it as long as 10 years out from the time frame that they'd like to be out of it. Um, that gives you time to first and foremost make sure you have clear understanding of what the goals are um, for the transition. Uh, it allows you to look at what processes are going, well, what process do we want to go through with the transition, but also what processes are going on in the business uh, that can increase its marketability uh, so that we can get the most out of it and make it a very successful transition. Uh, the other piece where, to me, that 10-year mark is important, um, and this is not just with business owners, it's with anybody, especially if it's a retirement um, transition, is getting a good handle around what's their budget and what's their lifestyle uh, built around. A lot of business owners um, get a lot of perks from the business, <laughs> and I'll leave it at that, You know, whether it's the you know, their, their, <laughs> right. the, the their vehicles paid for by the business or, you know, a lot of the traveling that they do is a result of, you know, either it's a trip that they need to take for the business anyway or, you know, they, they are able to travel because of the points they earn because they run all of their expenses through their business American Express card. And you've got to have some time to kind of figure out what those numbers really are. So I would say at least probably – at a minimum five years, but preferably, you know, have a good 10-year time frame to be able to look at that transition. Very good, very good. And who all should be involved with the process besides your office, Todd? Of course, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can. And, and, and I'll tell you, that the first and most important person that I feel should be part of the process. Um, and and we can fill this role for a lot of, and often do fill this role for our clients, is what I would call the trusted advisor. Um, and that role um, can be based on a fee or you know other arrangements, but the biggest part of that role is to be first and foremost on the owner's side of the table. Uh, we want to be the quarterback of the process. We want to make sure that we keep the kicking the can, so to not not kicking the can down the road, but we're kicking the process along, making sure things that are happening uh, and need to happen happen. Um, past there, um, it, once we have a you know consensus of the direction, some of the different players that are going to be involved is is almost always we're going to have to involve the accountant along the way, uh, whether that's evaluating tax you know tax implications. Um, eventually, there's going to be an attorney involved um, because there's generally going to be a, you know, some sort of closing and transition documents. Um, may or may not require an appraiser. Um, uh, we, we see it in some instances. We see it, don't see it in others. Um, there will usually be an insurance agent involved, uh, whether that's to secure uh, the risks of the agreement and the transition. Um, if it's a cash transaction, it's really important that there's you know there's a good handle on who's going to manage that money on the backside. Um, I'll put a side note in there. That is a place where I'll see a lot of um, business owners run into trouble because they've always put all their money in their business, and now all of a sudden they're having to circle back and find somebody to manage a significant amount of money and may not have any r real relationships in that area. Um, a banker is often involved, whether it's to make sure that existing lines of credit continue um, as they were. 
Um, also, bankers often involved if uh, there's going to be some financing done by the purchaser uh, through bank lending. Um, and then the last area, which may be surprising, um, but there's there are many times that we've seen a psychologist involved. You know, especially if it's within the family, um, you you may have a psychologist or some sort of a a, a counselor uh, that's brought in to kind of make sure all the feelings are are where they need to be. Maybe if somebody's got some feathers ruffled, if, uh, maybe the oldest child always thought they were going to step in and run it, and you know, at the end of the day, it's the the younger child that has the abilities. Um, that that counselor can kind of work through some of those pieces. Uh, but that at the end of the like day, a pretty involved process. I mean, how, how long does that that take, especially the the psychology part? I mean, you're dealing with with feelings, and, and mom always liked you best, and that all that stuff. That's a lot. It, it, it can be, um, and 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 that's why I, I, I mine is always start, you know, well out in advance, um, you know, because you you've got to be able to have time to figure it out. Uh, you know, we've got a client that we worked with uh, several years ago that. You know, they had a, a child coming in with every intention of running the business um, and came came in from day one. They had lots of uh, corporate experience, business degree, the whole nine yards, um, and it really did not end up being a very successful transition because uh, a year, year and a half into it, realized that while they had lots of good MBA-type experience, had no real experience when it came to running a you know a small entrepreneurial business, and it really left them scrambling because now all of a sudden, you know, mom and dad were having to quickly figure out okay how do we sell this business outside rather than you know our our child coming in and taking it over. So uh, you you got to start a little bit early on it. Yeah, I can appreciate that. The, the large business corporate experience is is different from a small or mid sized company. And, uh, oh yeah, those yeah, it, it really is. And and the, the the challenge I think for the smaller and mid-sized companies to achieve that that kind of big business feel or the advantages of big business is to have the systems in place. And Absolutely. unfortunately, people usually wear multiple hats and shift quickly between things, um, which makes it that much more important that the right talent is in place to be able to keep the ball in the air and not drop it. Um, it, so it, it has to happen that way. It, it really it's, yeah. it, it, it's You mentioned multiple talents. You know, that you're, if somebody's owning their own business innately, whether they know it or not, they've, they've become an expert in finance and managing cash flow. Um, you know, if, if someone's run a very successful business, one of the things we've we've seen over the years is they tend to be very conservative with keeping cash around because they know that if something goes wrong, they still got to meet payroll. But you know, if it's a transition coming in from up with a family member or a key employee or someone who's just got corporate experience, they may not understand the fact that you you know there's going to be blips, but you still got to pay your employees. Um, and yeah. it's not quite as, as easy as they thought. Right, because the bigger companies have deeper pockets to to draw from from here and there to cover those types of things, so they can weather those those ups and downs a little bit differently, um, and even buy their way out of trouble when they when they hit. <laughs> and for the smaller organization, that's just uh, a a lot more stressful, and mm. um, in some instances, can be very very damaging, very very oh. damaging. So 
Todd, if I'm doing a transition, and what would I need to do in order to, or what do I need to bring, if I want to have a meeting with you, what type of information would I need to, to get together in order to just have our first sit-down to talk about succession planning? Well, it, it, it's going to sound a little silly, but uh, the first session when we sit down with somebody, I'm, I'm not going to be as interested in things <laughs> and information. Um, if, they, if they've got a, a personal financial statement, that's great. Um, our first meeting is really built a lot more around uh, trying to clarify what their goals are with the transition, what are some of the risks or concerns they have along the way, and that will dictate what some of the nuts and bolts are that we need later on. You know, if um, if it's eventually we're going to need tax returns, and, you know, for the corporation and personal, uh, you're going to want to get, you know, a balance sheet and profit and loss and those types of things. But initially, uh, I think our biggest thing is is getting that undivided attention of the owner uh, for and it doesn't it's not for hours but you know but a good half hour to an hour to just really flesh out what their goals are because uh, too often as I mentioned earlier they they go into it focused on the end uh, but not necessarily I mean focused on the issues at hand but not really knowing what their goals are coming out of it. Well, you know, Todd, I'm so happy to hear this because you know now there is no more excuse for keeping it as item number 10, or one of these days, it, it can just move up to the list because basically what I'm hearing is that you'll help me work through what I need to figure out, what I need to sort out. I don't have to come to you with the answers. You're going to help me work through to find the answers. Is that right? That is exactly what, what we're going to do. Uh, when we're engaged in this process, it is my job and my role to help uh, basically be there if they had all the time in the world and all the expertise in the world to go focus all their time on it, that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be making sure this process continues along the way so that they can still go back and run their business, enjoy their life, uh, enjoy their kids, grandkids, and everything that's important to them, uh, and let us take this part off their plate for them. Well, that sounds like a perfect win-win. So if somebody wanted to contact you, in order to just have one of those exploratory-type conversations to say, okay, I know I want to retire. I know I need this. I don't know how to get there. Help me figure it out. And then they can let you propose, make proposals and come up with it. How would they contact you? What would you? What's the best uh, way? Uh, the easiest way is uh, my website, which is just uh, Todd, uh, with two Ds, Grantham, G-R-A-N-T-H-A-M.com. Uh, they could always uh, call our office also at 919-401-0345. And, and I will clarify, if they do a Google search on me, they might want to put Todd Grantham in Northwestern because there's a, I share a name with a certain defensive coordinator uh, that's been at Georgia, Cleve, uh, Cleveland Browns, and a number of other universities. <laughs> so he tends to come up first in a Google search. <laughs> All right. Well, one of these days you'll come up first in the Google search. How about that? Well, I thank Maybe you so, so much he'll for retire. <laughs> that too. <laughs> and maybe you can help him with his plan. <laughs> oh, well, Todd, thank you so much. This has been some really great information, and and I hope that for for those of you who are listening, it's taken some of the fear factor out of just thinking about succession planning. 
giving you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Keltner. Brought to you by Business MO LLC. Thank you for joining me today on Business Confidential Now. You can get more information about today's guest and the resources we mentioned during today's show in the episode notes that are located on our website, businessconfidentialradio.com. Sometimes we even include some bonuses and goodies, so be sure to check it out. That website again is businessconfidentialradio.com. And also don't forget to subscribe to the show. That is the easiest way to keep up with the show and our guests, those thought leaders, experts, and authors who are transforming businesses behind closed doors around the world. Let them help you too. Subscribe today for easy access to the business information you need to succeed. You know, the reason we call the show Business Confidential now is because you don't have time to wait. So just do it. Subscribe now and leave a review. We want to hear from you. We want you to be part of our growing Business Confidential Now family. Tell your friends and colleagues so they can subscribe too. Because the more subscribers we have, the more great guests we can bring you. And the more business intelligence you'll have available to ignite and fuel your continued business success. Have an idea or a topic, a guest that you'd like to hear on Business Confidential Now? Contact me at the website, businessconfidentialradio.com. And connect with me on social media, too. We'd love to hear from you and stay in touch. Next week, Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hazel-Kelchner will be back with more of the business intelligence and inside scoop you need to succeed. Till then.